This week on the Habs Forum, we finally have an NHL schedule to talk about starting on January 13th against the Maple Leafs. We're excited to talk about that for sure. Plus, Bergevin looking out for the Habs Forum. He knew we were recording an episode today, so he decided to go out and make a signing. Signs Michael Froelich. So we'll talk about that, what it means for the team. We're, of course, going to talk again about the All-Canadian Division and where we see uh, the Canadians landing uh, there. Uh, also, we have uh, a new corporate sponsorship on Canadians' helmets. I know some fans won't be too happy about that. Uh, so we'll talk a little bit about that. And the World Juniors are starting. Already had a pre-tournament game yesterday with our boy, Cole Caulfield, and oh boy, did he look good. Some beautiful goals by Cole Caulfield. Uh, but first, before we continue, Dustin, please tell us about our sponsor. That's right, the Habs Forum going into our third season, still sponsored by Manscaped.com. Use promo code HABSFORM to get 20% off your purchase and free shipping. I mean, we're going heading into 2021, new year, new you guys. I mean, that's uh, and I mean, your your girlfriend, boyfriend, they're going to appreciate it, too. So, uh, I mean, it's a little late to buy a Christmas gift now, I guess. But uh, definitely uh, will be appreciated heading into the new year. Uh, you can always buy like a, a Christmas present for later in the year, you know, like a, just like a slightly late Christmas present. And you can just grab the Manscaped product for that. It's perfect. Uh, so uh, also can't forget, follow us at the Habs Forum on Twitter. Uh, always Always active on there. Ask us your questions there. Talk to Dustin. He's lonely. He needs people to talk to. Interact with him on Twitter. He loves talking about the Canadians. I don't really use the Twitter, um, but you guys can talk to Dustin. He he he, he you, loves. Did you just it. call it the Twitter? The Twitter. I did call it the, twi- the Twitter. That's uh, that's how much that's how much I use it. That's how much I use. It. Uh, yeah, guys. Right. I mean, we're heading into our third season here. The new new season of the Montreal Canadiens. Let us know on Twitter, or Facebook. Uh, you know, if you guys have any any ideas for new segments or stuff like that, or just you know, just to tell us how awesome we are. Uh, Drop us a message. Yeah, exactly. Drop us a message. So, so let's get right to it. So the uh, the schedule's out, and uh, it's it's funny because I was looking into the schedule, and it, it, they 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 called it the 2020-2021 schedule. I mean, there's not going to be a single game for this season in 2020, so I don't know why it's just a 2021 season. Let's try to forget about 2020 altogether. Is uh is what I see is what I say. So it's starting on January 13th. Uh, against the Toronto Maple Leafs. Now, the, the one thing uh, about the schedule that's interesting right now is, as far as I understand it, we don't have confirmation yet that all the provinces are going to be okay with games happening in the province. And I, if I'm not mistaken, Ontario is one of them. So right now that game is supposed to be in Toronto, but I guess that, that could still change. But nevertheless, from what I understand, they do have uh, in place some, some alternative schedules that they do need to make, to make changes, but... I mean, is there a better way to start off than to play against the Toronto Maple Leafs to bring us back to the NHL season, you know? It's going to be exciting. I mean, it's definitely uh, – it's, it's going to be interesting. I mean, we're playing the same teams over and over again. Uh, you know, I mean, a- Andrew Berkshire, uh, he posted it on Twitter, you know, that this is going to be great for the sport, great for – great to build the Canadians and Maple Leafs rivalry. Um, so, you know, I, I think it maybe has died down a little bit. As of late, it's it's you know it's not the same. It's I mean I think uh, we would probably agree, and I think a lot of people would agree that the Canadians have more of a rivalry now with uh, with probably the Bruins. Yeah. Um, so I think I mean this is going to be great, and I mean it's it gives us the opportunity to see a lot of uh, you know the teams out west too that we don't necessarily get to see very often. So man, it's it's going to be really exciting, and and I mean especially the fact that we're playing like back to back game, and and even I think like sometimes three in a row maybe even four in a row against some teams um I, somebody posted i think that we're playing ottawa three times in the span of like four days well so that's, actually that's just just the the even before that we're playing vancouver so starting in toronto then two games in edmonton and then it's three games in a row january 20th 20th 21st and 23rd in vancouver against vancouver so what you might start seeing here is we might get some rivalries even with some Western teams, like you're playing so many games against, it's it's going to be a completely different feeling season. Like that alone, I'm I'm really excited for the the this change that's required because of the reality of COVID. Is to me honestly kind of has me excited to see how how, how it is for this season. It's it's going to kind of feel like 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 baseball, right, where they have those those 
series during the season, right? You have three games against Vancouver. You want to come out on top, win two out of three, and th- things like that. I mean, I'm, I'm excited for this this format of scheduling, even even though it's like not what we're used to. It's 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 going to make things different. It's it, it should make it for a really exciting short season. No, for sure. It's going to be it's going to be really interesting. I mean, you see that uh, that as part of what makes the playoffs so exciting is that you see these teams play, you know, they, I mean, they, they play you know between four and seven games against the same team in a short period of time. Uh, and you're going to see the same thing here. So, I mean, I think it's really going to help make for some really intense hockey, some intense rivalries. And I mean, who knows? I mean, I think this is going to work out really well. Maybe, you know, in this in the seasons moving forward, maybe the NHL will, will keep this sort of thing. You know, that's so that we're playing the same team, you know, we're playing teams in our division, maybe two, three times in a row. Uh, it's going quickly to looking at the schedule. Something that's got to be really, really exciting, excited is the last three games in the season. Now, obviously, I'm looking ahead here, but the last three games of the season, all against Toronto, May 3rd, May 6th, May 8th. You could easily get to that point of the season where those three games will determine. I mean, I think we both think both Toronto and Montreal are, are, are going to make the playoffs in this division. I mean, you never know what, what can happen, but it might be the difference between the Canadians finishing ahead of the Leafs uh, with, with those three games. You know, like those types of series late in the year when the, when the, the standings are really starting to... I mean, it's gonna. It, I, I'm just. It's really looking forward to it. There, it's interesting because even two games before that, they're playing Toronto again. So a lot of games against Toronto in the in the last few, couple weeks of the season. It, it it's gonna. It, imagine you you get out of that and then you're facing Toronto again in the playoffs. It's gonna be a bloodbath. It's gonna be crazy, man. Like, I I, I can't wait. It, it's gonna be so exciting. And even even in the other divisions, right? I mean, it's, it's seeing the same teams play each other over and over again. It's yeah. gonna be so exciting. And I mean. You see all those back to. I think the Canadians have nine back to back games. How important and how like how of a big signing, well trade and signing I guess is Jake Allen at this point. Oh, it, absolutely. It could end up being maybe the biggest addition to the Canadians this offseason. Just the addition of Jake Allen and, and knowing that you have a guy that's going to be a solid backup that you know you don't really don't have to worry. You know, no offense to guys like Keith Kincaid and Charlie Lindgren and that, but you, you don't feel too safe really when they're in nets. But with Jake uh, full, Allen, full offense, definitely. full offense, full offense to those guys. Okay, they they were completely useless for for the Canadians. I mean, Lindgren is is, is one thing, right? It, uh, maybe it has to do with his development and and all that. But like the the last couple signings by the by the Canadians, it's it's been the biggest hole on the Montreal Canadiens it's it's one of those things where the bag up goalie can, can position I think and even I I can I, I'll blame myself in this like it's kind of underrated right we don't really always uh, appreciate how important having a solid backup is but I think we've seen it as has fans the last few seasons it, it might have been the difference between not making and making the playoffs for some of those years it's just too much on Carey Price's shoulders and in the playoffs this year, or like the the, the bubble play and all that, that where where, where Carey Price got got to play with a lot of rest, we, we just saw a completely different Carey Price. Exactly. I mean, and, and the proof is right Carey there. Carey Price is a, a lot of his best seasons. The best, the, the times that he's played best is when he's had a capable backup. Um, you know, you think back to when Peter Budai was the backup. He, you know, the, the Canadians were able to rely on him quite a bit. He he was pretty solid and. And it made a big difference, definitely for Carey Price. And again, like you just said, we saw it in this, pl- in well, in the last playoffs, what arrested Carey Price can do. You know, he he showed that he's the best goalie in the NHL. And if Jake Allen can play up to the level that we think he can play, and uh, and you know the, the level that we saw him last play, well, in the playoffs and last season, that I mean, the Canadians are going to be a pretty solid team for sure. And you know, Carey Price is going to be rested, head hopefully rested heading into the playoffs and. Man, the Canadians, uh, they, they got a solid team. I don't, I don't think I've ever been this excited. No, definitely. I, I've, I haven't been this excited for a Canadians team in, uh, in in a very long time, at least in the last the last few years, that's uh, that's for sure. And, and the thing with the Jake Allen thing is we're, we're often confident as Habs fans that going into a game, like you look at the matchups, uh, which team has the edge at forward, which team has the edge on defense and a goaltender. When Carey Price is in net, we usually feel as Habs fans that the Canadians are most likely going to have the, the edge in, in that matchup. So, I mean, there's some other pretty solid goalies in the, in the Canadian division for sure. Sure, but is there a team in the Canadian division that has a better backup than the Montreal Canadiens? I really don't think so. 
Well, I mean, Vancouver with Braden Holtby, I mean, it's pretty solid. I, right? I guess, I guess Holtby, Holtby is 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 one conversation uh, there. But then their starter is Demko. So if you if you put it if you put those two together, it's like, would you rather have Price and Allen, or would you rather rather have Holtby and Demko? Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, I'm taking Price and and myself over, over, any, <laughs> over any other combo, to be honest with you. But, uh, no, nah, I mean, they're, they're definitely going to be good with Jake Allen. Um, and, yeah, he's definitely better than any goalie in, in the, well, I mean, I would say in the world, but, I mean, definitely in the Canadian division. I mean, who are the other goalies? I mean, you got Jakob Markstrom, you got Demko slash Holtby, uh, Frederick Anderson, uh, who, I don't even know who the goalie is for the Ottawa Senate. Oh, yeah, it's Matt Murray, true. I mean, Matt Murray is not really that great. I mean, Frederick Anderson, I, I don't mind. He's a he's a fine uh, goaltender. I mean, Winnipeg with uh, with Hellebuck, he's been he's been pretty solid uh, for Winnipeg. So I don't think that's anything to like. It's not like it's a weakness for uh, for, for for that team for sure. But then you look at teams uh, like I mean, I mean, I like Markstrom in Calgary, but at the same time, it's not like he's ever been like that impressive like i still easily take Carey price over uh over markstrom and then uh edmonton it seems like it's always been the issue in uh in edmonton has been as been goaltending right and right now with uh koskinen and smith i think i i don't think you'd get many arguments from anyone really even the fans of these other teams that the canadians don't have the best tandem in the division no no exactly and uh i mean you know like we said it's it's going to be that much more i mean it's it's super important going into any season but I mean, this—it's—it's it's just so much more important on another level heading into this season with so many back-to-back games. Every game is going to be extremely important in a shortened season, and and obviously always playing against division rivals. So it's it's going to be it's going to be something. But uh, and yeah, man, the fact that it's yeah. all. It's country rivals. You're always playing against a Canadian team. And even the Western teams that we don't necessarily have a rivalry or a history against, there's always been a bit of, uh, of an extra excitement. I've all, I personally at least always found, even when we're playing the Western teams. Because if, if you grew up watching Hockey Night in Canada on Saturdays, uh, you watch the Canadians from for the 7 o'clock game, and then you watch some of the Western teams. So the, the, the Canadian teams are always teams that we've followed more than any than any of the other American teams, at least for myself personally. So there's there's a certain kind of we might never see this again, right? Like who knows if that this will ever happen again. So there's a certain pride to being the team that that wins the, the the Canadian division. Like usually I would I would say that winning the division doesn't really mean much. You know, like we make fun of of fan bases that that hang division banners from their rafters. And I'm not saying I'd want to hang this division banner for, from our rafters. I'm not going that far. But it's going to mean something. I'll tell you something for sure. I think as a country, we can all agree that we don't want Toronto to win the division. So we have, <laughs> we have to do our best to make sure that Toronto doesn't win this division. I mean, I'd rather any other team. Obviously, I prefer the Canadians, but I'd take any other team over Toronto winning the division. Oh, definitely. I mean, like certainly, this is, like you said, it's it's more important than any other division in the past. I mean, I think... It's it's always been special. Anytime, I mean, it doesn't have. Maybe it's because it's it's kind of rare when we go play teams out west. You know, it's. It, I mean, I think maybe we play them once, once maybe twice a season. Uh, you know, teams like Vancouver, Winnipeg, Edmonton, and Calgary. So it's always it always is pretty exciting when we play them. It's something different. It's cool to see their teams. Um, like you said, we do follow them a little, probably a little bit more than we do. You know, like a team like the Minnesota Wild or the yeah. Avalanche. But it's it, it is going to be special, like, like you said. I mean, it's going to be bragging rights for the for the best team in Canada. And I mean, not only for the team that wins the division, but again, then the top four teams are making the playoffs, and then those four teams are going to play each other in the playoffs, and we're going to have one team, one Canadian team, guaranteed to go into the uh, the uh, well, the Stanley Cup, uh, well, the last four teams, and uh, you know, whatever team comes out of that is definitely going to have. Uh, bragging rights throughout canada and what's interesting here too i mean i know it's it's a different kind of season it's exceptional with what might and might not happen but with the the trajectory that the canadians have taken bergevin obviously going all in for this season making a lot of moves that that i mean you, you and i love but uh, that, that that doesn't mean that they're gonna that they're gonna work out these moves necessarily now the canadians happen to be in the one division also that more teams make the playoffs than don't make the playoffs. 
so going into this year, considering all of that, considering the division we're in, considering the moves that Bergman has made, considering how long it's taken for the Canadians to kind of take the extra step we want them to take, this feels like a very important season for for the Canadians as a for the management, for the coaching, even and the GM position. Because let's say the Canadians don't make the playoffs here, to me that would be completely unacceptable. That the Canadians don't aren't one of the top four teams in this division. If if it were to fall through for whatever reason. I would need to see. I would. I would want to see someone's head roll. Like I don't care if it's the the COVID nineteen season and it's not. Uh, it's it's exceptional circumstances and all that. Four out of uh, out, out of these teams are making the playoffs. The Canadians have to be one of them. There's really no excuse. No, definitely. Uh, yeah. I mean, he they, they really do need to make a jump. And I mean, Bergevin made the moves here, but he he made some. You know, I, I mean, I think you'd call them maybe a little bit more risky moves. Absolutely. You know, yeah. The move to to, ma- to move Max Domi for Josh Anderson. I mean, Josh Anderson was a guy that had what was it two goals last season? I think. Uh, two. Uh, yeah. No, one goal. One goal. Yeah, actually, I seconds. think it's just one. Yeah, it's just one. From yeah. Uh, yeah. Yes. I mean, he's he's a guy that's. Uh, I think his highest goal scoring is 27 goals in a season. He's a power forward. He's exactly what the Canadians need. Exactly what the Canadians have need needed for the last decade, maybe two decades. But it's it's a really risky move. It could certainly pay off. If it doesn't pay off, then Bergevin is going to be he, he's in for some trouble. I think it's going to pay off. I do think it will. But uh, if Max Domi tears it up in Columbus and Josh Anderson so- scores uh, five goals and is injured this season, it's his it, he he's putting a lot of risk into that move. Same thing with Jake oh, Allen. Sure. Jake Allen, yes, last season he was very good. He's had some really bad years. And he, you know, he has a bad, well, not a bad contract, but he, you know, he's, he's not, exa- he's a well-paid backup. I think he's the best paid backup actually in the NHL. So that, that was a pretty risky move too, at getting Jake Allen. You're putting, you know, I mean, there was a lot of good goalies there out in the free agency market. Mark Bergevin decided to give up a third round pick to, to end the contract of Jake Allen to, uh, to go get him. That's another risk. I mean, you know, he's made a couple of big risks here and, you know, not just that, not just that. Giving giving Allen the extension before even seeing him play in Montreal. Yeah. So because Allen's not coming from a bad team, let's not forget he's he's coming from a good team that has a very solid uh, defense and team defense around him, right? Like I mean, Ryan O'Reilly's one of the best defensive centers in the league, and they've had some top tier defensemen on that team for for years now. So so it's not like he he put up good numbers playing in front of a of a crap team, right? He was playing. Uh, not not playing behind a craft. Like he he was playing with a, a very very good team. So I believe Jake Allen's going to be good, but I I do agree at the same time that it definitely was a risk from Bergevin here. The same thing with Joel Edmondson. I mean, he didn't give up. Much, he gave up what a fifth round pick to get him. But I mean, the contract that he gave him was a pretty decent contract too. So I mean, if Edmondson doesn't work out either, you know, I mean, it's one of the things that 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 you know his detractors of of Mark Bergevin have said a lot in the past is that he's always been afraid to make the big move. Uh, which I mean, definitely fair enough. In the past, he's always played it pretty, uh, pretty safe. But you really can't say that about him here. Um, and I mean, it's it's sort of make or bust. I mean, yes, the Canadians have a really young team. They have a lot of great young players. They have a lot of great young prospects too that are coming up. But if the Canadians fall flat this season, then I mean, you definitely got to think that certainly Claude Julien will be out. And Mark Bergevin, I mean, he's going to be on the hot seat. I don't know if he will get fired if the Canadians miss the playoffs, just because of all the good young talent he has. I mean, we'll see how it goes. But but does Bergevin get get another coach though? Is the thing because GMs don't usually they can't just fire an infinite amount of coaches. It's kind of always been almost a an unwritten rule that a GM gets kind of like one maybe two coach firings, uh, before he needs to get the axe right. He. He's already yeah, made the changes that coach. I mean, GMs typically have have more of a you know more of a, a, a leash, I guess, or, or more, sure. more lives than a coach. Certainly, yeah. Usually, you know, you might get two, three, maybe four. Um, Claude Julien, of course, is the second coach. Uh, we'll see. I mean, but you know, he he's made he's given Claude Julien the pieces that he needs needs he's given you know basically he's put together one heck of a team at least on paper we're gonna see how it pans out um but yeah he's he's taken the risks that he needed to to put a, a solid team together and now it's it's up to Claude Julien and the players to perform and now that, that now that's what what's interesting though is is really is I was looking at the, the betting odds and 
a lot of people like we're excited about this, right? But like, and I and I and I know we looked at the the Mizouger betting odds, which is the, the 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 betting here in in Quebec, and they had the Canadians second behind Toronto. But if you look at betting odds for kind of outside of of the province, of, so so how betting odds work? If you're not familiar with it, of course Mizouger is going to have the Canadians fairly high because they know a lot of people are going to bet on the Canadians in in Montreal, right? Because you have the fans that are going to want to vote. So so it does it doesn't make sense for Mizouger even if they don't necessarily believe that the Canadians are the most likely to uh, to win. It's just still important for them to kind of like uh, uh, hedge it and all that. But if you look at places like Bovada and all that, they have Canadians almost at the bottom. Only Ottawa is always consistently the lowest but i've seen alternating between kind of like third and fourth last second last for the canadians so i mean is it just us here that are we're, we're overly excited is, is it people from the outside not seeing what the canadians have to offer like I, sometimes i'm wondering am i too excited from this team because i really believe they can do it but oh boy have i been wrong before when it comes to that <laughs> uh yeah <laughs> yeah it, it is kind of weird to, i mean i I don't know if there's a second best. And I think they're pretty close to being the second team. Uh, I mean, I think Toronto, as much as I hate to admit it, is probably the best team, at least on paper in the Canadian division. Yeah. Uh, but after that, I mean, I think the Canadians can definitely make a, an argument to be the second best team. I think along with Vancouver, maybe Calgary. Well, Edmonton, um, don't downplay Edmonton. Like you never know what you're going to get from Edmonton, but they have two of the best players in the world. So that, that that's not nothing, right? No, no, for sure. They, but aside from that, they don't have a whole lot else, right? I mean, no, I, I, I don't disagree, but they've, they've had ups and downs in the last few years, and there's no reason to believe Edmonton. Like, Edmonton's making the playoffs this year, like, for sure. Uh, you, th- you think they're going to be finishing the top four? I mean, I think it's, it's going to be tight. I mean, I think... That, that, that's the thing. It's going to be tight. It's, I think any team could make it and any team could not make it, honestly. I mean, there, yeah, there's, there's – Aside from Ottawa, Toronto for sure is going to make it. Ottawa for sure is not going to make it. But even then, that, Toronto, you never know. Toronto could fall flat. I mean, I still think they're likely going to make it. But I could see a possibility where they don't make it at the same time. It's it, like Ottawa is the only kind of sure thing for me. I would be shocked if Ottawa made it. Uh, right. But aside from that, and anything can ha- – it's such a short season. I mean, first of all, there's injuries. Let's not forget. Like, so little needs to happen to kind of wreck a season for a team completely, right? I mean, that, that, that where I think the Canadians are looking very good is, is the depth that they have going into this year, right? They might not have the top-end talent other teams have, and we're hoping we're developing two top-end talents in uh, Nick Suzuki and, and Kotkaniemi, but they have – a huge amount of, of depth there with on the wings with Gallagher and the signings uh, uh, like you got Tatar and then the signings of uh, uh, Toffoli, which I absolutely love. I mean, uh, the Anderson that we already talked about, all, the, all those moves, there's a lot of depth for the Canadians. I think that's going to go a long, long way in this condensed uh, schedule. Yeah, but definitely. at the same time, you can't have an eight game losing streak. I'll tell you that much. Well, no, that's for sure. You definitely can't uh, can't get any long losing streaks, uh, you know, when you're playing a 56 game schedule. I mean, the Canadians definitely they you know they don't have any superstars. We know that, aside from Carey Price, of course. Mm-hmm. But uh, they have some serious depth. I mean, you t- just take a look at the fourth line. I mean, you got you have guys like Army, like who, okay, we don't know exactly what the lines are going to be, but on the fourth line, realistically, you probably have Jake Evans, maybe Michael Froelich, uh Yoel Armia. Paul Byron, Lekkinen, man, that's some that's a solid fourth line right there. Really good defensively, and a line that can score some goals too. So, man, they they have some serious depth for sure. But I mean, why why are the Canadians maybe a little bit lower um, than than maybe we think? You know, when you when you take a look at some of these betting websites, I mean, I think Josh Anderson. There's some question marks there. Obviously, scoring one goal in 27 games last season. Uh, Joel Edmondson, uh, you know, Jake. Jake Allen, you know, some of these, some of these signings, you know, and I think people have a lot of questions about it. it are Suzuki and Kukaniemi going to play the way that they played in the playoffs? Or, I yeah. mean, Suzuki was great all of last season. But Kukaniemi, obviously, he finished the season in Laval. So not, not what you would hope for for the third overall pick. So is he going to continue what he did at the end of last season in the playoffs? So, I mean, I think there's a lot of question marks. And let's uh, not forget Romanov. Let's not forget Romanov. We're, we're well, banking Romanov's on... Right. Yeah, on and him being are, ready to go right away. 
Yeah, I mean, people are expecting him to jump in and be, uh, you know, be a Norris Trophy winner in his first season, but it's going to be a huge adjustment for him. Yes, he was playing in the KHL, but he was playing pretty. I mean, he was playing a lot of minutes, you know, around 20 minutes near the end of last season. Um, but I mean that he was being sheltered quite a bit there. Yeah, so I mean, absolutely. you can't expect, you know, he's going to be playing on the third pairing at least to start. Um, it's going to definitely be an adjustment, especially coming into this whole COVID situation. And I think one thing that a lot of people do are, are pointing to, but I think a lot of Canadians fans are sort of dismissing that, and they probably shouldn't be, is the shortened training camp. The Canadians have a lot of new players coming in, uh, and it's going to be, you know, with, with such a short training camp, no, it's really not something you can disregard either. They could potentially get off to a bit of a slow start just because of all these new players, you know, trying to learn, learn how the, how their line mates play. It's, it's going to be a bit of an adjustment period. Yeah, that, that's a good point. Actually, I hadn't necessarily thought about that. The, the, uh, probably one of the teams that has the biggest amount of kind of new players joining the, the team and then, Having no time, like you're kind of banking because you never know. Sometimes you have situations where a player comes in mid-season first game and he just naturally has chemistry with a guy on the team. So you hope that something like that happens. But that, 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 that that's a very good point that you, you never know how that how that's going to go. But that's where that's where I, I think we, there's so much value in, in guys like like Nick Suzuki, where we've seen him perform amazingly with whoever you play him next to. Right. So part of me is almost like I, you got to think there's going to be people that they, they can play with. But now that's a good point. The short the the, the short uh, training camp is definitely going to be a disadvantage for the Canadians. And we had at least had uh, Kut Kinyemi that was playing in uh, in uh, in Europe during uh, during as a covid loan. But aside from that, coming kind of coming in fresh. Right. No, exactly. And I mean, uh, you know, Nick Suzuki, yes, he was amazing last season, but let's not, I mean, who knows? I mean, we hope not, obviously, but, uh, you know, the sophomore slump is uh, is a regular thing that we see pretty often. Um, so, I mean, I'm not saying that that's going to that, that's going to happen with Nick Suzuki, but uh, if he does slump a little bit, you know, that's going to be a, that'll be a hit, too, for the Canadians. I'd honestly be surprised. I mean, as much as I loved Cut Kanyemi, it wasn't that shocking to have him see him take a bit of a slump. But the, just the way that Suzuki plays, he plays like he's been in the NHL for 15 years. You know, like he he has such a great hockey sense and just. I mean, part of it's also let's not forget Suzuki's older than uh, than Cut Kanyemi. I mean, I know the sophomore slump can happen, but. I don't know. There's something about the way Suzuki plays. I I don't think so. I don't think it's gonna happen. I don't. I think he's gonna come in, and he's gonna quickly show that he's really the Canadians' number one center moving forward. No, I I, I do agree with that too. I I agree that yeah. He I I don't see it necessarily happening. And and I mean the last thing too, and we saw it in last year's playoffs uh, or the well the play-in. You know, it's it's a bit of this whole situation is a bit of a crapshoot. Nothing is. Yeah. is you know as it's supposed to be everything sort of just you know the, how are the players going to feel about this this whole situation playing in the current environment not playing in front of fans there's so many like weird invariables that you know who knows what's going to happen so maybe you'll see a team you know just fall flat you'll see a team like the canadians who were never expected to get out of the first round they were able to do it against yeah. the a team like toronto who was definitely expected to win the first round they fell flat and yeah. didn't make the playoffs so you know that that too you never know what's going to happen and the, the lack of fans is a shame on honestly for the all canadian division as habs fans because uh, as we all know it doesn't matter where the canadians play in canada they 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 have fans cheering for them there right so uh, that, that that's that's one thing i mean I, obviously i completely understand there's not gonna be any fans in the in the stands but man if we had an all canadian division and there were fans in the stands. The Montreal Canadiens would absolutely be at an advantage within that division. Like you got to get some sort of momentum from playing. Like you're you're across the country. You're playing in Vancouver. You're from Montreal, and then you can still hear the Go Habs Go cheering through through the crowd. It always amazes me every time every time I see. It. It's 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 kind of unfortunate we're not going to get it this year. Um, but uh, I mean I don't know. I mean that that like your point about the Leafs and how they played in the bubble. That that's the type of that it's the type of team that the criticism they have is they they seem to have a lot of kind of selfish players that are there to to kind of play for themselves and they, they they're kind of not able to to take those the, those steps in the playoffs that are like this season almost feels like a full playoff you know it's such a condensed schedule every game right away feels like such an important game 
and then you're always playing against the same team. So it's like every game is a rivalry game. Those are the types of games that I'd see a team like the Leafs maybe falter. I mean, maybe I'm just dreaming here because it'd be a fan. If the Leafs don't make the playoffs, I'll just be so happy. Oh, my God. <laughs> that, I mean, yeah, I'd be giddy. <laughs> I mean, I think we would all be – everyone in Canada, would, except for people who live in Toronto, would be thrilled. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that'd be great. And, yeah, I mean, like, the, just the way that they played, I mean, they, they were – they played pretty bad, you know, in the in the in the in the play-in during the playoffs. So, you know, maybe maybe they fall flat again. And yeah, I mean, they they've always been sort of a team that, man, they have the talent on paper yeah, for sure. But you know, their their heart has always sort of been questioned, right? So, I mean, maybe maybe, maybe that happens again. And, and like you said, it's it's sort of like every game's a playoff too because yeah. of the shortened schedule. You know, playing fifty six games. If you go on a four or five game losing streak, especially if you're you know you're playing teams that are in your division, yeah. if you're playing you know three games in a row against Toronto and you lose those three games, and that's that's a pretty big hit to your playoffs. Um, yeah, people love talking about four point games. Well, every single game is a four point game if you're going to call it a four point game. I mean, uh, not only are you are you are you losing the two points, but you're always giving up the two points to a team you're directly competing with to make uh, to make the playoffs. It's 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 a completely completely different uh different situation i mean th- all that to say that really who knows who knows what's going to happen like as much as i feel like we talked at the beginning where it's a must for the canadian to make the playoffs there's so many possibilities of things that can go wrong and th- th- there's it's impossible to predict this season honestly it's it's so unique compared to what we're used to seeing in in the nhl i mean they they, they usually talk about how Canadian Thanksgiving is kind of when you can start really looking at the the standings and what teams are good, what teams are bad. It's 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 like they always give these teams this like period to kind of get their their legs under them and really get into the season. You don't have that this this year. You have to be ready to go from the get go. I mean, usually if you start off the season rough with a, a three four game losing streak, not the end of the world. I mean, that could bury you for the rest of the year if that happens this year. It's 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 really every single game is going to be absolutely crucial from day one puck drop. No, for sure. Yeah, it's it. it yeah, like you said. I mean, they don't even. I don't think they're going to have any preseason games. I doubt it. So, yeah. I mean, you know, you don't even have time to you know get acclimated to your team, to your teammates, to your line mates, to your you know to your defensive uh, partner. Even you know for Carey Price to get used to new these new defensemen too, it's it's gonna be it's it's gonna be something for sure. It's gonna be exciting and and yeah, three games right off the bat against Toronto is uh, is a hell of a way to start the season for sure. Yeah. I mean, so so we'll see what happens. The next thing next thing that's excited to I can't wait for camp to happen to see how these lines are gonna shake up, right? There's there's so many question marks, and now today we add someone in Michael Froelich. I mean, there, there were rumblings in the Canadians uh, like version of wanting to add a bit of depth there. I, I did not see Michael Froelich coming. I mean, I haven't really been following his career, but I didn't know he was he was at the point of being a minimum salary player, right? Because it's basically the contract he got right now. He's always been a pretty serviceable guy from what I remember, but this almost seems like he's nothing more than kind of like a taxi squad guy with, with the contract he got. Well, I, I'm not surprised. I've, I've always thought that the Canadians were probably going to add a fourth-line um, center-type guy. Um, I'm not that surprised because right now your fourth line center, uh, well, before they signed for a leak was, was Jake Evans. Um, and aside from that, I mean, you don't really have any, I mean, I guess aside from Jake Evans, but isn't for a leak more of a winger though. Uh, he plays center too, doesn't he? I mean, if you Google Michael for it says ice hockey winger, but you know, who knows what that means? I'm just trying to see if I can find some, uh, some, some face off stats. Well, I'm not. Anyway, I'm not. I'm not surprised that they that they went out and got, um, you know, a, a bit of an older player. Because I mean, right now, I mean, I think Paul Byron, you know, if if they can find a trading partner, he's definitely going to be out the door. Yeah. Um, but I mean, you know, Jordan they, Wheel too. Yeah, I mean Jordan Wheel too. I mean, I don't think you're going to find anyone that wants Jordan Wheel, especially yeah, sure. with his contract. I think making 1.4 million. Um. You know, I'm I'm not that surprised they added uh, added a little bit of depth. You know, some of their younger guys, well, some of the other guys that that would potentially be the 13th forward. You know, being like Alex Belzil, we saw him play for the Canadians last year. That obviously didn't go super well. Not something that you want to be going into next season with. Ryan Paling, I mean, do you want? I mean, that's going to be interesting seeing where Ryan Paling ends up playing. If is he going to be? I don't think he'll be on the taxi squad. 
I mean, what what would be the point of that? Having one of your quote unquote top prospects being on the taxi squad? No, Ryan Paling. Ryan Paling. But the, is there going to be an AHL season though? Well, that, that's sort of the thing too. I mean, I, I think the last talk was uh, potentially starting the beginning of February, so maybe a little a couple of weeks later. So that that's because that what what makes the difference, right? Because I, I totally agree that there's no point in having Paling in the taxi squad, but at the same time. There's no point of not having him in the taxi squad if there's no AHL season that happens, you know. So it kind, it kind. If there's an AHL season, I I absolutely agree. Send Paling to the. Uh, you want guys like 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 Froelich or Xavier Ouellette or um like the, the the older Belzil, like the older older guys, you know, that don't necessarily need to develop more. That's who you want on your taxi squad. As far as, 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 far as Froelich goes, I can tell you that at maybe uh, in his junior days he was a a, a centerman, but uh, last season. 28.6% on faceoffs, uh, and he only took 21 <laughs> faceoffs. I mean, I and he's never been much of a centerman from what I can see from the faceoff stats here. Okay, okay, that was my bad. <laughs> I thought, oh, I thought he was a center. Okay, well, anyway, I think he's a pretty solid addition. He is, he is solid defensively, um, so I think he's a solid addition. You know, he'll be that 13th forward. I mean, again, heading last season, if you take a look at the playoffs, basically Alex Belzil was the 13th forward. Yeah. For only, it's about a million times better than Belzil. Obviously, the guy that's going to score a bunch of goals, but still. No, but like we talked about before, the de- depth is so important in this condensed season, right? Because you're going to not only are you seeing, going to see a lot of back to backs, you're going to see a lot of three games in four days, which is probably even more difficult than just a, a simple back to back. You're going to have tired players, and we have some veteran guys that you may want to give a game off here and there uh, just to kind of a maintenance day or what, or what have you like more so the, than ever. Like we talked about it with why Jake Allen is so valuable. The, 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 the depth is valuable too. Cause you might see some little injuries here and there. A lot of players, like we don't know how well these players have, have, have done during the pandemic, during lockdown at keeping up to shape. That's the thing. That's a big question mark. Like who knows in, in what shape some of these players are going to show up in. like, not everyone is as disciplined to be able to be at home most of the time and still keep up with kind of a, a proper workout and, 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 th- and things like that. So we'll, we'll have to see how, how it goes once, uh, once camp starts, but you might have a season with a shortened season like this, you might get a lot of injuries and oh, you need sure. depth guys. You need depth guys. Yeah, especially like, I mean, you take a look at it, like, you know, Shea, like a guy like Shea Weber, he's getting up there. Right. So, I mean, he's definitely not, I don't expect him to be playing 56 games. Right. Especially when you're playing like maybe like three games in four nights. Yeah. Some of the older guys, I mean, for sure, there's going to be a rotation and for sure. Rhett Weber is not going to be playing uh, 25, 30 minutes a game when you're playing three games in four nights. So you're going to have to have a lot of depth. And I mean, for a leak, it can, can definitely, you know, I think he can play in a, you know, he, he can be a good addition to the bottom six. Obviously not a guy that's going to put up a lot of points, but yeah, I mean, guys like Xavier, what a, guys like, uh, you know, Brett Kulak, Noah Juleson, uh, hopefully not Belzil, but, uh, you know, maybe, maybe Paling too. I mean, the, they're guys that are going to have to play a decent amount of games for sure. And, you know, for sure playing this many games in that short, short period of time, there are going to be injuries too. So that depth is going to be huge for sure. I, I just I just really can't can't wait for it to start because then too like forget about the taxi squad, what about the lines like we still don't know like we like we talked we were surprised by Tyler Toffoli because he's usually seen as a right winger it's like the Canadians are full of right wingers and then he's who's gonna play on the left I just I can't wait for the for this even just camp to start I just want to see how how kind of like it, it comes together like you said I haven't been this excited for a Montreal Canadiens team in, in, in a very very long time and I'd love to see if they're gonna they're, they're gonna kind of do similar lines as, as we had at the end of the year uh with, with uh Suzuki I uh, was playing with Dwayne towards the end if I'm not mistaken I just <laughs> I mean I wasn't this excited for the Canadians last year I don't think no, no, I don't. I don't think so. I mean, if I'm being really honest, and maybe it's just I'm so excited that we're finally getting hockey and talking Canadians again. But I really don't feel that the Canadians have been this close to a cup since they've been since they were in the semi uh, in the, the the conference finals against the Rangers. Yeah, I've never I've never felt like the Canadians were this close to a cup. And I mean, who knows what's going to happen again? I mean, this season is going to be so much of a crapshoot. Maybe they don't even make the playoffs. I don't think that's going to happen. I hope it doesn't happen. But man, they have one solid team right now. They have depth. They have four lines that can score. They, I mean, their 13th, 14th forward are going to be pretty solid guys. You know, it's going to be guys probably like 
like Froelich, maybe Ryan Palin. You know, guys that can definitely play in a bottom six and potentially even be a little bit higher some uh, from time to time if there's injuries. Even on defense, I mean, they have nine, ten guys that could play in the NHL. Even, you know, some of their bottom guys. Xavier, well, that's a pretty solid defenseman, you know, despite what people might think of him. Brett Kulak is looking – Brett Kulak and and, uh, and Victor Mete are looking like your seven-eighth defenseman right now. Noah Juleson, if he's healthy, he can play in the NHL. Same thing with Kale Fleury, and he's, you know, 21 years old. He's just, just getting better. Otto Liskinen, who's probably your 11th defenseman at this point, could probably play on a lot of teams in the NHL right now. So they have some solid, solid depth. And um, I, mean, uh, I definitely really- agree. I agree. There's no denying there's huge depth on this team, but I don't think this that's what's going to determine really. That's not what it's make or break for this team. The depth is huge. It's hugely important, but it's also extremely important for the top end talent to develop. Because if we're going to start talking about cup potential, the teams that have won the cup in the last few years, it's the it's the, those young guys that be, that are on their way to became, becoming elite players, kind of breaking out at the right time. So it, it really is on the shoulders of Kotkaniemi and Nick Suzuki to become the players we hope they can become. And if that happens, and I'm not saying they need to become like elite players right away, but if they right away can become kind of if if a guy like Nick Suzuki can come in and become like a 65 70 point player and things like that that's when the Canadians are going to be able to talk about them as a true contender because they don't have that top end talent but then you have to develop it and if they get that out of those two kids if those two kids turn out to be the elite players we think they can become then this team in the next few years could definitely go on a serious cup run absolutely if if Kakinami and Suzuki play like they played in the playoffs this season, then uh, the Canadians definitely have a chance to win the cup. Yeah, and this add Romanov to that list. Is Roman, if, Romanov, if Romanov is just even a little bit as good as the hype, that that's a whole other thing too. Yeah, it's, def, it's, def, it's, it's, I mean, Romanov, it's, it's all about the kids. It's, 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 they have the small contracts, and depending on the contribution they can offer with those contracts, that that's what's going to make or break whether or not you can win a cup in, in the modern NHL. No, definitely. And I mean, the Canadians, I mean, you know, those are going to be the young guys that are, that are going to be there this year. But I mean, there's a lot of good young guys coming up, too. I mean, even Justin Laval. I mean, you know, we have I mean, Kale Fleury. Let's not forget he's 21 years old, too. I mean, he's definitely there. Caden Primo is also 21 years old. I I think you can probably argue that he's in the top five best prospects in, in the world. And I would say probably even a little bit higher. I think some of the guys that, that people rank really high are, pro, are he's better than them. And Caden Primo could be one of the best in, in a couple of years, two, three years. I think he's going to be the, one of the best goalies in the NHL. Uh, he's definitely going to be the, the, he's definitely the heir apparent to carry price when, when carry when price retires um, guys like uh, Jesse Yolonen, who was, he's going to be playing this year in Laval. Man, and then the prospects coming up, some of the guys that we're going to be seeing in the World Juniors, too. I mean, I, I don't know if you guys saw Cole Caulfield's goal last night, but, man, this guy, he's small. But, man, does he have talent. Like, he, he he's ridiculous. Just imagine this guy for the next 12, 14 years playing with uh, with Suzuki and Kukiniemi. Man, that's exciting. It, 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 Cole Caulfield is just, it's just an absolute – pure 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 goal scorer he's just so much fun to watch i can't wait to see him put on a halves jersey honestly and i i, I just i can't wait to, to see him next to gallagher too because he has the same shit eating grin as gallagher does and i can't even imagine how annoying it's going to be to play against both those guys at the same time plus they're scoring on you Yep. Oh man, just just imagine. I mean, over the next couple of years. I mean, I think I think Caulfield could very well play with the Canadians next season. Obviously not this season. Maybe next season. I mean, just think about that. And like your first line, you have you're going up against Suzuki and and Gallagher. Second line comes up, you're going to get going up against Kukiniemi and Caulfield. Third line comes up, you're going up against Dano and uh, Tatar. I mean, that's. That's some solid stuff, man. And I mean, guys, you know, Caulfield, Suzuki, Kukiniemi, they're all, I think, under 22 years old. That's, yeah. not, that's not even talking about guys like Romanov, Primo, Kanan Gooley, too. Maybe even Yan Mysak. So, man, there's, I mean, you have to be excited about what the Canadians have coming 
in the next couple of years. And, and really, I mean, some of these prospects, hopefully they're with the Canadians over the next decade, but man, it could, uh, could be a hell of a run for the Canadians over the next couple of years. I, I, I absolutely, absolutely. And I, I mean, the thing is, is I don't even think we need to wait for those prospects to show up, but it just means that if the Canadians already take that step this year, they'll have kind of reinforcement coming without even needing to make extra moves because they're, they're going to come through the prospect pool. And then you, you look at the teams that have been good, consistently making deep playoff runs and winning cups. And it, it comes from developing from within. I mean, just, just look at Tampa Bay this year when, when you, guys like Braden point and, and Nikita Kucherov, like those are the guys that are the reason why they were able to win. And that's through development. That That's how you win in the NHL these days, right? It's, it, it, it's not by making big signings and the, the signings that you make or the trades that you make are usually how you get kind of like your, your pieces to go around the players you developed. But most of the time, the cup winning teams are the teams that drafted and developed elite talent. And they didn't necessarily pick them first, second or third overall. I mean, you you can, it's about being able to find gems later in the draft. I I know, I guess Suzuki, they did trade for him, but still it's developed within the Canadian art organization. And it's, it's just, it's exciting to have real prospects to be, to be excited for really. It's, uh, it, it feels like it's been a while. No, exactly. I mean, you know, you talked about the Tampa Bay Lightning. I mean, yes, they have guys like Stamkos, who they took first overall. Edmund, they took uh, second overall. But I mean, the reason they're so successful, you, you you know, you just talked about it, is guys like Kucherov, who they took, I think, in the third round, Raiden Point in the third round. You know, guys like that, that they take in the later rounds. And it's going to be the same thing for the Canadians. You know, a guy like Caden Primo, seventh round. Um, you know, Romanov was a second round and a lot of people thought he was a reach at the beginning of the second round. Yeah. It was going to be young guys like that, that are going to be the future of the Canadians that, that are going to be the reason that if they pan out the way that we think they're, they're going to pan out that man, they could, they could be, the Canadians could be a solid team for the next decade for sure. And moving on from the Canadians, you already talked about the world juniors a little bit. I mean, it's weird that that's how we're starting kind of the hockey season this year. It's it, it's kind of it's kind of great in a way. Like it's a, such a great way to finish off 2020 just uh, going into the World Juniors then to have NHL hockey started. So we already had a taste of it with Caulfield yesterday. But we got got three Habs uh in the in the World Juniors this year. You got Caden Gooley there also, the first round pick from this year. And he's no no small role for Gooley. From from what I've been reading about him, they they're looking at him as being part of the shutdown pair for uh for Team Canada, who has a very, very, very strong team this year. And then you have Jan Mysak, who's obviously not on the best team uh with uh, the Czech Republic, but Hey, he's the captain. So that's gotta say something right there. So only three representations for the Canadians, but three excellent ones that are huge pieces for their team oh definitely i mean cole caulfield uh for sure he's going to be i mean i think he could probably be the best player of the whole tournament uh, potentially i mean he could could be the leading scorer obviously going to play a huge role for uh, for the u.s he showed what he could do last night um and i mean man i'm excited to watch him he's going to be solid for for the u.s and no, he's going to show. I mean, you, we've seen it from him at the beginning of this season. He's just been been playing lights out for Wisconsin, <clears throat> and I mean, I think he's he's you know he, he's going to be great. Um, I'm excited to see what he can do on a pretty solid U.S. team. Yeah, and my. If I'm being honest. I'm more excited to watch the American games than I am watching the <laughs> Team Canada games. It's just it's just so fun to watch Cole Caulfield. You know, he's just he he's electrifying. You know, he's a little guy, but. I mean, we've seen those little guys being able to make that jump in the in the NHL. I mean, he's he's not just little; he's little, little. You know, like he Gallagher looks looks big next to him, but I think he might actually have the skill set to get it done, man. And I I, I would love to see it, but I, I'm excited to see more of him in this tournament. But I Gooley excited to watch too. I mean, obviously, but he he's a shutdown guy. It's not as flashy as as a goal scorer like Cole Caulfield, you know. No, for sure. I mean, Caden Gooley, uh, you know, the, I mean, Canada has a really good team this season, too. They have a pretty solid defense as well. I don't think he's going to play a huge role. He's probably going to be on. I mean, the first pairing, without a doubt, is going to be Bowen Byram and uh, and Jamie Drysdale, both uh, both top six picks in the last two drafts. Uh, he's probably Gooley. It looks like he's going to be probably on the third pairing with Justin Barron. Uh, they're, I mean, a very solid pairing, but. You know, he's but wasn't McKenzie saying that Bob McKenzie tweeted something that he was gonna he was gonna play kind of more of a shutdown crack 
Like he said, Gouli and Barron looks like he could get first crack at tough shutdown matchup minutes. All defensemen will play, but you know they're going to get some. Byron Drysdale are definitely the top pairing there by far. I mean, Gouli and Barron though, I th- I think they really surprise. Um, no, but top pairing if, doesn't necessarily mean they're the shutdown guys, right? Like I'm assuming they're more offensive. They can they can kind of like bring more on both sides of the of the puck, right? But you have the you have your guys that you you want to play more the defensive kind of safe roles, you know? Yeah, I mean I think yeah they'll probably play uh, play a little bit more on the PK. I mean yeah it's they're going to be a really solid pairing. They've played really well so far in what we've seen from them. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to see what Gooley can do for sure. I mean, obviously a lot less flashy than Cole Caulfield. Uh, that go- obviously goes without saying. But yeah, I mean, I think he he's going to be a solid defenseman for Team Canada for sure. Team Canada, who should be a really solid team, uh, could very you know I think they're the, probably the favorites to win uh, to win the gold medal. Though the goaltending is a little bit questionable. But um, uh, and then obviously Yan Mysak, who not on a very good uh, Czech team, unfortunately. But you know, last year I think he was probably one of the best teams for the Czech Republic. He's definitely, or one of the best players for the Czech Republic. He's probably the best player on the Czech Republic this year. Um, as you already mentioned, he's the captain. Looking forward to see what he can do. I think he'll 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 probably put up some good numbers again on a team that's. Uh, it's you know not not that good aside from they have some pretty good goaltending but aside from that they're they're really not that good but yeah and my sack too I mean you know he's going to be able to show he's going to play top minutes certainly for the Czech Republic and I think he'll put up some pr- pretty solid points as well. I mean I, it's 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 great it's great to see I mean my sacks are going to be exciting to to watch for sure I mean you, you love seeing him captain I mean you gotta it doesn't mean that much either like I was looking at the previous players that that were in the world juniors and captains of their teams with the Canadians. And the one that turned out well was, was, uh, was Lekkonen. Aside from that, some, some forgettable names that you uh, don't necessarily want to mention, but no matter what, it's, it's a good sign that, uh, that, that he, he has, uh, that his coaches see him as, as the captain. So, so, so regardless, that's, uh, that, that's good. And regardless of Gouli's role, like you said, it's such a strong team, team Canada this year, just being able to make that squad means it's, he's, a, he's a solid player, you know? Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, I, you know, I think he can. He's he's a really strong, you know, shut shut down defenseman, but he can he definitely chip in offensively as well. But yeah, I mean, you know, I think that's the role that he's going to play. He's not going to be expected to put up big points. You know, that's going to be the job of of that top pairing Drysdale uh, certainly, uh, who was on the team last year, and and Bowen Byram as well. They're they're going to be the top defensemen, but definitely Gooley is going to be a solid, hopefully a solid shutdown defenseman. He's looked good, um, you know, so far for Team Canada. And I definitely expect him to play a you know a solid role for a good team, Canada, and hopefully they can make a hopefully they can make a good uh, a good run for the gold medal as well. And Canada's actually playing as we're uh, recording this right now. They're they're one preseason or pre-tournament game, I should say, and it's it's still zero zero in uh, in the second. So at the very least, we know Gooley hasn't made any mistakes, you know, because it's still zero <laughs> zero. <laughs> That's good. That's a positive. But uh, so uh, th- yeah. yeah, hopefully. Hopefully when we do our next episode, we'll be able to uh, to have some good news on those three guys. And hopefully Cole Caulfield will be leading the world juniors at that point. I'm, I'm sure we'll have plenty more Cole Caulfield goals to, to talk about when uh, when we record our, our, our next uh, episode. Uh, aside from that, last thing I wanted to touch on. So the news came out. So we, we heard uh, uh, from about a week ago that there was going to start seeing some no sponsorship on jerseys for NHL uh, teams, which uh, w- which is a big, big kind of like no no for most NHL fans, right? There's you see sponsors on on some professional teams jerseys, but there's just something about a, a hockey jersey that it's always seems so out of uh, out of place. I mean, we see them in, in Europe, and they honestly look silly. But that there would be sponsors on helmets, and for the Montreal Canadiens, it's going to be Bell. And honestly, I mean, if you look at the article that announces it, just kind of like a, I guess they photoshopped it, what it's going to look like. If no one had told me they made this change, I might have not even noticed. It just the bell colors kind of make sense, and it's just a small logo on the helmet. I really don't think it's that big of a deal. I mean, you see some people online act like this is a complete travesty, and look, if it was on the jersey, it'd be something else. I don't know how you feel about it. I could not care less that there's a bell logo on the in the Canadian's helmet, honestly. Man, we're getting hockey. Who cares? Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I don't care. Honest, if I'm being very honest, I don't care if you call them the Montreal Bell Canadians, man. <laughs> if NHL hockey, that's all I care about. Especially on the helmet. Who cares? Yeah, 
Exactly. I mean, exactly. Like, I have no attachment to the helmet. Like, I'm not. I don't go to Habs games wearing a Habs helmet. You know, I'd be ridiculous. I mean, there, there's already the 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 branding for whoever made the helmet, right? You already see the CCM or the Bauer or whatever on the helmet. What difference does it make to also have Bell on there? I mean, it's a whole different story if you're going to talk to me about the jersey. I mean, that would look. I think I wouldn't like seeing because, like, you see it, for example, with. Uh, with the rocket, right? With the rocket, where they have the 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 Saint Spy Barbecue yellow on their jersey, it, it kind of it makes it look, it makes it look like the AHL basically, right? Like it, it makes it look like it's a lower level kind of kind of league. Yeah, I, I really don't think it's that. I mean, you know, you talked about in Europe. I mean, I definitely wouldn't want to see that. I mean, that's crazy. Like all yeah. the ads they have on the jersey, like in the front, and the back, and the shoulders. And yeah, I the jersey's just a, a billboard basically. Crazy. Uh, I really don't think it's that bad for the AHL. Like, you, you know, you just talked about the rap, oh, the rock. No, no, no. I, I think it's fine, but I, I wouldn't want to see necessarily on the Canadians. For the AHL, it is what it is. You have to understand what the AHL is, you know. But, I mean, listen, man. We're like, we're, obviously, they need to get some money somewhere because for sure. For sure. You know, I mean, they're, they're, they're not going to have any fans. So this is definitely fine, more than fine. You know, uh, just 100%. Kind of on, the, on, the, on, the, on the helmet. I mean, who cares? And the thing is, it, like I said, it like blends right in, right? Because the bell kind of like there's blue with the bell logo. It kind of looks like it's meant to be there, kind of like if it was like a a John Deere logo or something like that. Like it might stand stand out and clash more with the colors. And even then, like I'm not saying I would, I would care that much if that was the case, but this is basically the best case scenario if you're gonna have like regardless of how you feel about the company. Like I don't care who, which company it is. I just more it just. It kind of blends in. It doesn't really make a difference. And and fans on Twitter that are losing their minds as if it's like a travesty, they just need to relax. Honestly, like, who cares? No, exactly. I mean, uh, all I care about is getting hockey. That's that's really all I care about. And I don't care what they're, what ads they put where. And it's on the helmet. I mean, who cares? Fair sure, enough. I'd rather something better than Bell, but, you know, it is what it is. I mean, the only ads I don't love is those ones that they do uh, on – not on the boards, but, like, on the – on the – like, the, no, the, the – what, what is it? It's b in French. I'm, I'm blanking on the – Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah like – yeah, like on the glass behind the net, just because it's distracting sometimes because it, it like moves because it's not actually there, right? Like it's they it, put there like digitally for the for for the broadcast, but it just it I I some they just haven't figured out the technology perfectly there. So as long as it doesn't distract me from the game, I don't care. I could something, not care. Their helmet is definitely not going to be distracting. You're not even, fans aren't even going to notice it two games into the season. No, 100%. Exactly. You're barely ever going to notice it. It's on the side of the helmet. You're really only going to see it like in, in like a action shots or whatever, like pictures. And, and you know what? It, it extremely easy to Photoshop the logo out if that's an issue for you. I mean, if you can't do it, I'm sure you have a cousin who can do it for you. Like, it, it's really, really not that hard to Photoshop those out if you care about like having like a poster up or something like that. So, I mean, there's really nothing to con- be concerned about there. Yep. So, I mean, uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what the Canadians look like with the Bell logo on, on their helmet. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's a non-issue, and I think we can all agree, man, we're just we're just happy to have hockey back. Uh, for sure, for sure. I mean, it already it already starts off uh, 2021 on a, on a bit. I mean, I guess we did have hockey in 2020 early early in the year, but it's just been so weird because, like, especially live, like we live in Montreal, right? So, like, we're starting to get, like, the rough weather. I mean – it, like you, the one thing you have, you know, when it's miserable outside and it's like it's either too cold or it's not cold enough, so it's slushy and disgusting and wet everywhere. Well, at least you can sit at home and watch hockey and get drunk. You can't even do that right now. Now at least we'll be able to do that. Yeah, no, exactly. I can't wait. And I mean, it's you know, we got the World Junior starting in. Uh, well, I mean, again, you know, the the pre tournament right now, but uh, we got Canada playing on Boxing Day, and that's going to be a good appetizer for the uh, for when the Canadians start playing. Can't wait. Oh, exactly. Exactly. Could not could not agree more. So I mean, I think that does it for uh, this week's episode. I mean, we'll we'll be back. We might be back next week to maybe cover a bit of the World Juniors. We're not too sure yet, but at the very least, two weeks from now, we're going to be uh, recapping the World Junior uh, tournament, specifically how the Canadians players did and more importantly uh previewing the season uh that is uh that is to come and at that point we're going to start having some 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 camp and seeing some line combinations i'm assuming that we're gonna have some red versus uh uh blue uh 
tournament get play like with like intra team games happening so we're gonna get to see how in what shape the players are so can't wait to to, to see all those because i like I, i'm i'm excited for camp not even just the games i just can't wait so we're gonna have an episode for sure uh when camp rolls around to talk about uh those things uh like i mentioned at the beginning of the podcast on Twitter at the Habs Forum, if you have any comments, if you have any questions, any anything you think we miss and we need to talk about, or if you think either of us said anything completely stupid and you need to call us out on it, feel like free me, to insult it Dustin. Like me saying Froelich was the center. Yeah, something like that. L- l- lucky for our listeners, I was there to correct you, so don't don't worry about that. I I bet you what happened is that like one year in in the NHL games, Froelich was the center, and then. Because that's where you get all your hockey knowledge that you figure that that's like what what his actual position was. <laughs> does, that, does that make does that make sense? That that that. That makes yeah probably that's, that's probably where it's from. <laughs> uh, all right, so I mean uh, uh, as always, uh, thanks uh, thanks for listening. Follow us at the Habs on Twitter, and uh, we'll be back in a couple weeks uh, at most, and it'll it'll be on the Twitter. You'll 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 see it then when it comes. Thanks for listening.